Welcome to PodCash, the portable professional development podcast from Cash Alumni. Cash Alumni is the fastest growing association of professionals in care, health, and education, and we're happy to have you here. This is where you'll hear from specialists and experts from across our network. Here's what's coming up. Being able to say that we are a really good nursery, we are a unique nursery to nurture, educate and inspire children. And I think if we bring the community together, if I influence the staff, if I influence the environments, it'll make a really positive experience for everybody. Let's jump in to this week's episode. So hello, Mr. Forecast. It's really nice to see you again. It's really nice to see you again. It's the third time round now, isn't it? It is. And I feel like it's been really good because we started off in our first conversation and you were still a learner studying your early years qualification. You were due to finish, you were thinking. Mm-hmm. And then we did a catch up a couple of years later when you were working as a early years practitioner, but you were a student teacher. And now we're at like a whole different part of your career journey. Tell me a little bit about where you are now. I was a training deputy manager um, at one of our nurseries at Kidsink Nurseries, and I'm now nursery manager, which is crazy. It's not crazy, because you've, you've definitely done the things that you need to do to get there. It's really cool, though. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It hasn't been very long since you started your new role how are you finding things it's really good at the moment I had a couple of transition sessions and get to know the team get to know the children and over the last week it's actually been my first week this week and we've been revamping the garden so it's um it's going to be really engaging for the children having a talk with my senior management team and just going into the rooms and just not like getting to know the children getting to know the practitioners and it's a really, really exciting time. It's going to be a really good journey, not just for me, but just for my nursery as well, because they're going to go on a path to be a really outstanding nursery, which it already is, but why not do better? That sounds great. Um, so your first week, what's different being nursery manager to, to work in, in that sort of role that you were in before? You know, I was saying to someone the other day that being a training deputy or a nursery nurse compared to a nursery manager... There's a massive difference and there's loads of things that you just don't see behind the scenes as such. There's lots and lots of things that kind of happen which make you think, wow, okay, we'd never thought I'd have to do that, but let's go for it. Obviously the quality, uh, I do like quality catch-ups and talking to my senior management teams. It's really, really exciting time to get to know the teams and getting to know where my nursery is at now and what we can do to improve and being able to actually get in on the action. Stepping up as nursery manager, obviously that you've already said there's a world of difference and it's 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 a, a different place. What have you been doing to prepare for those differences? I know it's great that you've been able to do like a, a training program as a as a deputy manager and, and, and learn those management skills. I know lots of people get sort of stuck in that transition because there's you can be an amazing early as practitioner but actually being a manager and like doing things like balancing the books and having to deal with like the politics of being a manager and all of those other things aren't necessarily things that people get taught how has that felt for you it has been quite a smooth sailing i must admit the operations manager and the senior manager have really helped me to get to where i am now um so i, I was in the role originally for training deputy for three months 
Um, we then have a load of transition sessions where I can meet the team and get to know the children, get to know the parents. It was just a really great experience to just sit down with the senior manage- my new senior management team, get to know them and how they work, what their visions are, just to be able to, you know, see the routes that I'm going to go down. And it's been a really, really clear vision for the operations manager and the senior managers themselves. Having like a rotor, so I'm going on loads of training at the moment. Uh, we have our own training academy, and this all consists of the great outdoors, so learning about great outdoors, uh, every key person matters, EYFS, um, child protection, etc., um, so getting to know all of those core basic if things, if you like, before I go into a role fully, fully, because I'm still in transition a little bit. I think you're definitely about with like, the politics side and everything, getting to know as a wider picture. It's very interesting to see how the early years sector kind of plays out and how as a nursery manager you're supposed to juggle that. It's a really big aspect, taking into consideration everything. And obviously the transition sessions, it gives you a, like a, a wider experience, I feel. The support of transition sounds great. Like it, it, it's, it's mint that you haven't just been plonked in your job and sort of left to figure it all out yourself. I know that is some people's experience. It's absolutely great that you're getting that support and that they're making sure that that happens. I also think it's great that you're still learning. We've followed you through, obviously, when you first started, you were still completing a qualification and then you moved into your degree study and looking at the stuff that way and then you're moving into an nursery manager role but there's still all of that sort of learning scaffolding what it is that you're doing do you think you'll ever stop learning oh no <laughs> i'll never stop learning i feel like i'm i'm eager to learn you know i'm one of those people that would just won't stop learning <laughs> currently i'm actually doing a qualification with cash at the moment uh, in behavior that challenges that's kind of supported me like within my role uh, with practitioners and how they behave and how to approach situations there's a lot of other things that i'm learning about right now like even my first week i've learned so much being a nursery manager it's it's a completely different spectrum and compared to being a nursery nurse being a room leader being a even a trainee deputy is a diff- completely different picture and I think the more that I'll learn I think the more experiences I'll have and I think it will definitely build more of my confidence as well. It's brilliant that that's the way your brain works with learning. It To me it sounds like you're doing loads all at once and I've just finished my master's and I didn't realise until I'd finished it how hard it was like working and learning things at work and then after work doing this qualification so taking on a new job as a nursery manager and learning on the job and doing the training that comes along with that and studying a qualification outside of work does that not get a bit overwhelming? It doesn't feel overwhelming at the moment. I think I definitely understand where you're coming from, where it's really difficult to kind of, in, in a way, juggle. But I have been able to juggle quite effectively now. I've kind of got used to it. Um, so I could do some studying over the weekend or when I've got annual leave as much as I can. It can be a little bit overwhelming, but I think what I've got to realise is that I've been, I've been chosen to be in this role for a reason. Um, and to kind of reflect and take back what's happened and 
be present in that moment and then if I kind of do it that way I'll be completely fine. That's great you mentioned reflection there and I think reflection can be quite hard for some people it's that like I know I found reflection challenging earlier on in my career because it's that feeling that I'm quite self-critical so when I've become reflective sometimes I can be quite mean to myself um, and I'm learning how to do that in a much more positive way and to make myself feel better by reflecting rather than just compounding my misery. Have you got any tips for how you like to reflect? I'm kind of on the same boat as you. I can be very self-critical. However, what I would tend to do is obviously just look at the wider picture. I feel like sometimes when we look at reflections, we, we're quite narrow and that's why we think negatively. I think for just look at the wider picture, look... When I, when I was doing an activity, for example, I'd always look for key bits that would kind of stand out that would be positive. Um, don't try and beat yourself up about things that go wrong. Things are going to go wrong, but there's learning opportunities for that. I know that I've done things wrong, and yes, I feel absolutely rubbish about it, but it's, it's for you to kind of pick yourself up and learn from those experiences and then that way you'd be able to do right what what could I do now that could be extending that so looking at the po positive side of things it, it's really difficult but trying to look at key aspects that kind of bring out a positive experience makes it all worthwhile in the end rather than being self-critical and maybe even ask somebody else as well something that somebody else at what they saw and being able to go well actually now I didn't actually recognize that Maybe I need to recognise that a bit more. What I tend to do, usually by the end of the week, is I usually type, right, right, kind of three things that went good and then three things that I can improve on. And then that week, I would tend to try and improve on that as much as I can or learn as much as I can. So I go, actually, so I've got a coach at the moment uh, who's part of the training academy. And we've got some coaching sessions soon. And I'm going to go, well, actually, I feel like I need to improve on that a bit. And I need to learn more of that. Um, and that's where we're going to have those conversations going. So I think as well, trying to include some sort of mentor. Um, I know that we have mentors in our early years, qualifications, etc. But trying to look at the wider picture, maybe someone in your setting who's your mentor there. Trust me, it's all worthwhile. That sounds great. And you mentioned three really clear things there that I think might be really helpful to people. They're definitely things that I think I find helpful if I think about what you've just said, which is that... When you're reflecting, you try and sort of at the end of the week write some things down. I've been doing that a bit because, again, like because I, 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 I'm a bit mean to myself. I've been writing down me wins so that I can reflect on them when things are rubbish. So I have a little folder of emails in my email inbox that I can, if, if people send us nice things where they say, oh, Dawn, you're amazing. Thanks for doing this thing. I can drag that folder into my little email folder that says, nice things for when you feel sad um, and I can go and look through those nice things that people have said about us been keeping you know you've kept your three three things that you've done really well and three things you could improve on and I've been trying to keep a little wins diary so I can look back and go actually I have done loads of good things I am beating myself up for no reason I, I'm, I'm all right really um, and that idea of a coach or a mentor I think is really important I think especially when you're thinking about reflection because it's someone who can tell you when you're beating yourself up for no reason and sort of help you to to work your way out of that but who can also help you look at things a different way um what is it you find helpful about having that other person to bounce off as a, as a mentor or a coach 
I felt our coach is really beneficial. I mean, we had a phone call because we did some sort of assessment. It was called a gap assessment. It's really, really useful if you can look at it. It looks at five key aspects that you would bring to the workplace. So, for example, my ones, I've, I can't think of all of them, but I can, I've got like a ranger, input, learner, ironically. Um, and those kind of things, it kind of breaks down what you might do. And it, it was actually spot on. It was quite scary. And then, so having that mentor and being beside you and going, these are your strengths. Um and how can we learn towards those strengths? And actually, in here, what it says here, you you said you've done this, this, and this. Well, how can we combat that? And then how can we arrange things so that in the future you'll be able to build on this more effectively? And I think having a having a coach or a mentor really opens your eyes to your practice and being able to go, well, actually, I know that I'm not really strong in this, but if I do it this way, maybe that might help. It's extremely useful, and I would definitely recommend it to anybody in a workplace who feels that you need to have support there for you. It's really, really useful. I mean, Abby's just amazing. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be playing my strengths if I didn't have her, so... It's amazing. And you said that like, when you were talking about that then, you're talking about the gap analysis and those other things. It sounds like your mentor's given you tools to help you to understand yourself better. Oh, it's definitely helped. I mean, trying to see, I think when we do that, when we did the gap assessment, you can't really see the wider picture of yourself like in normal day practice. However, if you look at it that way, you go, oh my gosh, yes, I do do that. How do you know? So it was kind of breaking things down and going, but these are your really core strengths, and how do you play those well? And then how do you feel like you can improve on these parts where you feel that you feel less confident at? And so it's really, really useful to kind of kind of break down your everyday practice to a T. And how do we kind of build those effectively to make sure that, that the parents are involved and the the practitioners are involved and the children and then the environment etc it it all comes to play when you kind of do that those kind of assessments and i I really recommend it to someone actually it's really really useful this is podcast brought to you by cash alumni to level up your skills and career visit our free e-learning resources you'll find them under the cpd and best practice tab of cashalumni.org.uk that's cashalumni.org .org.uk You said at the beginning that your career journey has been like interesting. Obviously, the last time we spoke, you were a trainee teacher and you were thinking about going into um, sort of primary education and working there. But you've gone back to early years. Why? What is it about early years that, that pulls you the way it does? I think when I was doing my primary teaching, I think I really missed the opportunities there. I felt that I wanted to go back into early years because I felt like I needed to kind of prove myself a bit more. I felt like I, I really missed early years. Early years is like my baby, you know. It's always going to be there and it's always going to be absolutely fabulous, you know, as it is. So I thought I would like to go back into it to bring my passion back, which it already was, but I wanted to basically ignite it again. Um, and, yeah, I really, really wanted to 
kind of use my primary knowledge that I gained to kind of influence the early years part of things, which I already was, but I felt like if I was going into practice again, it, I would be able to see things as a bigger picture and being able to build on those experiences. And if like practitioners are stuck, so I've had practitioners that have been stuck this week on certain things and I've come, I have you tried it this way because I've, I've had it a completely different perspective of things and being able to bring that into practice is a quite a unique experience that's really interesting and that idea that sort of coming back because that's what you're really passionate about that's 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 the right way to go about career decisions i think and um, did you worry at all that deciding not to follow the primary route that it might have implications like career-wise i know a lot of people move on from early years to primary because there's more structure or because there's maybe more support with career progression do you feel like that's changing in early years? Do you feel like you have got more opportunity to move your career on? I definitely feel like I've got more of an opportunity for a progression in career, per se. And I feel like in early years, obviously you mentioned about um, people going into primary because there's more structure. I think I quite like the way that early years has more fluidity if that makes sense. It's obviously, we've got the same routine, but everything's different every single day. Not the same that it is with primary, but it's, I think, with progression, I think you'll be able to kind of build yourself more because there's different structures every day. Um, and having those different structures and knowing what to do each day and anyways, it's just more rewarding. I think, yeah, there's more fluidity and there's more ability to progress. Um, and there's more teamwork, I find, as well. There's more collaboration with practitioners and being able to build your practice, which I find is quite unique in early years compared to teaching. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about the the differences between sort of the immediate support from colleagues. Because you're right in a in a in a primary environment or a secondary in a teaching environment within schools you are on your own pretty much in that classroom you might have a teaching assistant but i would say the majority of people don't that you're on your own all day um in that room with with your children and in that early years environment you're right there is that immediate team around you to sort of bounce off is that collaboration and that teamwork something that that you find lights you up about early years it definitely fries me i must admit it, i think i really like collaboration because i like to get ideas from other people and try to approach things in different ways um and i think being able to bounce back on people and knowing their suggestions and being able to go okay well let's try this a different way and being able to try and see where we're at and try to see where we can progress as a team being able to support each other I think that's really key tool and really valuable experiences. Obviously, since last time we spoke, um, there's been a few massive changes in the world, um, including a, a pandemic and war and lots of other things. How is everyone's like well-being within the team? Do you think it's been helpful having a team to sort of get through it all and to, to has it brought them closer? Yeah, we have definitely supported each other with well-being. Um, I mean, I'm actually looking into doing like mental health first aid training with my team. Um, I mentioned it with my operations manager, and she's actually looking into it, which is great. Um, and I think with the wellbeing side of things, I think we're, we're really key to 
kind of bounce back on each other and that's what I said in my new job I said look I'm an open door policy you can literally speak to me it, whatever if you like, obviously if your well-being is affecting you just come and talk to me and we can you know find ways to adapt adapt it and at the moment we've also got an external mental health team have got an app it's called my ha uh, and we we use that to kind of use that as a confidential line so if they don't feel comfortable we can also bounce back on that uh, which is a really really good effective tool um, for practitioners who feel like they can't talk to like their managers or whatever they'd rather deal with it themselves in a different way um, and we value those experiences and although you would like to talk to us we, we're not gonna force you you know, however, we are we are collaborative as a team, and I'd say, uh, we've always opened door policies um, because I feel like that's what we really need right now is to bounce back on each other. Yeah, there's there's been a lot, hasn't there? And I think the the current narrative in the media around nurseries and funding and 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 stretching things a little bit further has been difficult for practitioners. We can see practitioners leaving early years because nobody's really in it for the pay um, when it comes to, to being a, a nursery practitioner. Um, so what what do you think it is that drives you and the people that you work with to, to do such a, a full-on and important job when they could earn more money going and working in a shop? I think first things first is children. I've always loved working with children and being able to see them thrive and being able to see those learning experiences. I mean, if you if you're not gonna, you know, be there for the children, then I'd be quite concerned. Um, I think the, the second thing is being, again being able to work in a team and being able to see the wider pictures. I quite like doing that and being able to see different perspectives of people. Because, for example, I've already seen in my new workplace being in the first week, someone's really passionate about doing activities, and then one person is passionate about doing outdoors, and then one person is they each have individual passions and being able to drive them. And I think if we've got passions for certain things, we should definitely drive them to success. Because otherwise, if we don't, we're kind of holding people back. And that's not, that's not what we need right now. We need to build those passions, particularly if you've got different passions in early years. Um, whether it be that you want to be a room leader or you want to you know, build outdoor spaces or you want to focus on well-being of staff or those and those are different experiences that you'll be able to, you know, drive those to make sure that early years practices is is outstanding to their standards. And for us to be able to kind of acknowledge that and recognise that and appreciate that. I think in my workplace, I think for me, that's the most important, being able to recognise people's achievements and how we achieve them and how do we drive them to make sure that there's a, there's a success story there? And being able to, when you look at our development folder, this is where we're at. And this person helped us to achieve that. And being able to bring that to the children. And again, it's, it's, a, it's just a continual cycle of staff and children, staff and children. You've got that kind of, it's not even a hierarchy. It's, it's a bub not like a bubble, but it's kind of like a bubble, being able to bring that all together with the parents and being able to collaborate with the parents and multi-agency teams. And it's, yeah, early is just unique in itself. 
It is. Um, and it's really nice to hear you talking about, um, in your first week as a nursery manager, talking about sort of staff development and thinking about nurturing the passions of your team and helping them to, to sort of follow those through. Um, I was having a conversation recently with an early years consultant talking about progression planning and how important it is to make sure that your team understand sort of what routeways are available to them and, and how they can develop and to sort of fill those roles Um you know, from, from the people who want them and that you, you, you can you can give those opportunities to progress. Thinking about what you've said about reflection and understanding sort of your own skill set and how you can progress, how are you going to support your team to identify their strengths and know how brilliant they are? Well, our motto at Kids Think is uh, nurture, educate and inspire. And I think we able, being able to drive that for children, we need to drive that to, for adults um, and I think for me, I think I need to, we're going to have one-to-ones with absolutely everybody. Um, and when I said that, I went, everybody? I went, yes, including the cook and the cleaner. Um, and being able to sit down, see what their strengths are and what motivates you. Because I think if we find that motivation, if we find those key skills, I'm able to drive that with that particular member of staff or with a particular team. And it just to be able to kind of bring all those experiences together and see, well, how can we collaborate together in order to create a successful nursery environment, uh, indoor and outdoors, and with communication, etc. Being able to nurture my staff so they can nurture the children, educate the staff to the best of their ability and what they want to learn, and to overall just to inspire them to inspire the children. I think that's to free... I think even though that's our pedagogy for children, it should also be our pedagogy for adults. Because a lot of people in early years, you're all amazing, and a lot of you feel like you just do, oh, well, this is just what I do. Um, So it'd be quite difficult to hone that down and go, well, actually, I'm really good at this, and this is a skill, and this is something that I do, because you're just all ace and sort of all of those things that you've learned during your qualifications and during working with children, you just sort of absorb them and know that you're doing the right thing through sort of instinct and feel. Um, so that idea of one-to-ones and being able to, to I suppose, I go through bits of supervision with people and, and support them to understand how they're brilliant is, is going to be really beneficial. What other plans have you got? What, what, what else is buzzing around in your head about where you're going now? Oh, there's loads of things at the moment that I want to build, <laughs> um, especially that outdoor environment that I really want to build. Um, I want to make sure, again, making sure that we're igniting practitioners' passion. And I think, again, nurturing, educating, and inspiring them to inspire the children. How can we kind of influence them in order to make a positive environment? Um I feel like I've got loads and loads of plans and I feel like if I say them all, I feel like I'll have to like, do them all at once. <laughs> um, so I may go and restrict myself at this point. Um, outdoor spaces are the key one um, and just, I think I just really need to know the stuff first before I even go drive what I would like to do because I have my own vision with the nursery and what I would like to do and how I would like to do it. I think parent partnership is going to be key with me. I really want to build those experiences with the parents and being able to build with prospective parents and the community, bringing the community together. Um, 
So it's really exciting time for me to kind of be in this position to showcase this nursery, showcase what we're all about and in the heart of the community that we're in and being able to say that we are a really good nursery, we are a unique nursery to nurture, educate and inspire children. And I think if we bring the community together, if I influence the staff, if I influence the environments, it'll make a really positive experience for everybody. That makes sense. Um, and I like the idea that, that, that we're bringing the community together and also that you recognise that you might have loads of plans and there might be loads of things buzzing around in your head for what you want to do, but actually the, your colleagues, yes, the, the, the staff in the nursery, the people who were there already, probably have some ideas of their own um, and you know who, who know the environment and those children already. Um, and that's really important to recognise. So you've got loads of ideas buzzing around in your head and you know a couple of key areas that you want to, to sort of focus on. Have you got any plans as to how you're going to make those things happen? Yeah, so obviously getting to know the staff first and trying to get ideas from them and what they want to do. I think we're going to give her like a little spidergram of the year um, but also doing it in small jibs and jabs so being identified key points and being able to draw those in with a short-term plan and being going right what do we need to do in this area how can we build on this and how can we evidence this so I think with all those ideas that I've got in my head being able to put these down to paper and being able to get, uh, get other practitioners input on those plans and then being able to break it down more and more and more and more until it's refined obviously with the support of my senior managers my quality support managers and being able to see those bigger pictures and how they can support me with this as well i think this is going to be a key learning opportunity not just for me but i think it will just be for the whole nursery being able to look at the bigger picture then refine it and then how can we progress on this Oh, Jake, I, I love how collaborative you sound. This, this, uh, this, it sounds, it sounds great. Like this idea that you know, actually, you're not gonna come in and just tell everyone what to do or these other ideas. Let's make them happen. That it really is a, a team um, effort and a team experience to sort of genuinely make things better and do the right thing. That sounds ace. Is there anything that we haven't had a chance to talk about so far that you want to talk about? because we haven't caught up for ages, is there anything that you want the audience to know about where you are now compared to where you were last time we spoke? It's quite a fantastic experience, actually. I was actually reflecting on it the other day and trying to think, oh, wow, this is it's quite a transformation compared to the last time we spoke, because I was a final year student teacher doing my dissertation, um, and I was also bank staff at my nursery, funny enough. Um, so at Kids Inc, I was originally a bank staff, then training deputy manager after a year um, of being away. Uh, I, was, I was two years actually. And then three months later, becoming nursery manager. It's quite a massive jump if you look at it at that perspective. Obviously, in the middle of that, being a, a teacher for a couple of months and then being a room leader. Um, for a couple of months as well so everything's happened over a short su success of time um, and I think for me I think what's been really supportive and I've been quite blessed with quite a fantastic team who's been able to say well actually you've got the inspiration for us to do it it's for you to be a nursing manager because at first I was like are you sure 
<laughs> and he said, well, no, yeah, we, we, we definitely believe that, you know, you've got the passion, you've, you've got everything there to be a nursery manager. So I think having a fantastic team around me is really supportive and being able to get other nursery managers' perspectives within our group because we've got 13, nearly 14, we're going up to 14. It's been quite a big transformation. I think if you watched every single podcast of me from being just completed my qualification to then being a final year uh, undergraduate to then now, you can definitely see those big learning opportunities and big reflections that I've got. It's quite astonishing, really. And I was, I, I think when I was reflecting on it, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, right, it's quite a big jump. But also, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of success that I could bring to myself and other people. You do watch those earlier podcast episodes where we've been chatting to you about your career sort of all the way through, almost that you can really see the difference, not just in your confidence, which has obviously grown massively, and in the way that you, you speak about your experience and that you're able to frame those ideas because you've got more to draw upon, but also just in terms of your career and the way that you're able to articulate those different career stages. I think for anybody listening or watching, it is really worth watching the Jake episodes as a as a trilogy now um, because that there is a lot in there around sort of your journey and how you've managed to navigate those different parts of, of your career so far and I'm really excited for the next time we get a cash up and figure out where you are then so if you can come back in another year year and a half and we can reflect on this first part of being a nursery manager and figure out what your hopes and dreams are for going on and find out all about what this outdoor play space now looks like that would be amazing we need to get that booked in straight away <laughs> yeah i do think an annual jake spot seems like the way forward um it's been amazing to follow your career so far and i'm really excited to see what you do next so thank you so much for coming to catch up with her have you got any last words just be passionate and Try to reach your goals. That's what I'm going to say. I mean, for me, I didn't have a goal to be a nursing manager at first. But I think learning from those experiences and giving things a go and being able to see what your progression is going to be like. I think everyone everyone kind of looked at it as, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. I was kind of like that. I was like, I want to be a teacher and I want to do this and I want to do this. And actually, if you look at the bigger picture and what, what's available to you and what opportunity to kind of not given to you but what's available there i think just go for it ignite your passion and, and see where it takes you thanks for listening to podcast if you enjoyed it please follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode you can also watch many of these conversations by heading over to cashalumni.org.uk and going to the CPD and Best Practice section of the site. That's cashalumni.org.uk.